and welcome back to the newest, most recent, fabulous episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. My name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian Nerd. And with me, as always, at least for these wonderful crossover experiences, is my best internet friend and yours, Tony T. What's up, Tony? And I'm so honored to be everyone's best internet friend by default. By default. Uh, You you could be. You're very nice. It's a privilege. And it's a responsibility I do not take lightly, I assure you. You send out gifts to everybody. Not gifts. Like, you send those sometimes, I sometimes send out gifts, too. But you do send out gifts. You're you're much better at sending out gifts. I just want to use words and emoji. I don't even want to use emoji. I don't even want to That's because you take yourself very seriously. Like, your, your words... Are yeah. like your children. That if me, anybody just... if anybody has listened to my podcast, they know that I take myself way seriously. <laughs> Indeed, and welcome back to the Christian Nerd of God. Yeah, it is, it is a, a great. It's always a, a real joy for me to be here and, and get to talk with you, man. Because we don't do it often enough. But well, uh, we try. It, not, but then, like, try. computers die, and it's the holidays. Real life happens. Real life. Scott keeps having babies. I, I yeah. I'm not going to say we're done, but we're we've yet to open those conversations. When <laughs> you know, you don't really want to have that conversation when you don't even want the two you have. So. Oh wow! Oh ah! Yikes! Well, they're fine, yikes. but Josiah is just a bad sleeper. That you, you, I don't know if you remember, but that sort of cast aspersions on every facet of your life when you it just does. don't sleep yeah we had to do the the hard medicine thing of just i shouldn't say hard medicine that sounds like we medicated my son we did not whiskey we, we finger had to whiskey make... finger where are you here i am here i am how do you we do? have we have words for that <laughs> we have words for that in the south where you take uh, you take a little little uh, sugar in uh, in a stocking and you dip it in in some kind of alcoholic and you let the children suck on it it's a terrible terrible <laughs> thing no no not no Grandpa's not at all cough syrup no, never, never, never. No, we just one night we just let him cry. We just let him cry and and just let him kind of power through it. And it was very difficult, and it was the strangest thing. But after that, we never had another problem. Yeah, now, he's tr- a little bit older. We tried, than Jojo. but I this mean, he- fool, like he'll, like <laughs> we'll let him cry it out for forty minutes, and it's always the fear if he's going to wake his sister up. We'll let him cry it out for mm. forty minutes. He'll fall asleep. He'll figure it out. He'll fall asleep. Then five minutes later, just wakes up screaming again, wow. and. Yeah, because he's hungry, and we thought when we give him. Yeah, I've I've talked about all this on my show before, but thankfully uh, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, which we'll we'll talk Super about. Super Bowl Sunday. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl Sunday, or we have to call it the big, big game? game? I don't think I don't. If they come after us, hey, screw you. NFL. Yeah. By the time this actually airs, the Super Bowl will be over, and all yeah. the NFL's lawyers will have receded back into the fires of hell from whence they spawned. Basically. Uh. So. Alicia was singing at church on Sunday morning, and so she needed to get a good night's sleep, which is a little hit and miss in our life. So he actually was doing pretty well. And then like at one he'd been asleep for about, he'd fallen back asleep for about an hour. And like, he made like this quick, like, nah! like scream, like, Oh no, I'm just lying. I'm like, dear God, <laughs> let him fall asleep. Dear God, please. Jesus, Jesus. If you're real, I know you're real, but just like, if you're real, like help him fall if back. He did. Like he fell back asleep for another two hours, which is like, well, this just did folks. Jesus is real. You Jesus heard it here is first. Real. He helped Josiah fell asleep. Uh, the, I mean, it's, it sucks when your good night is, only being woken up every three hours instead of every yeah. one and a half or two. But hey, he yeah. if he can go three hours, then we, we do pretty well. Well, I'm over 40, so I wake up every three hours anyway just because of either some kind of body pain or having to pee. I don't know yeah, what it I, is. So. I'm catching up to that. I, I, I feel you on some of those things. <laughs> so as we said, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're we're actually we're not going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl per se, but we are going to do – we have a draft. We're going to talk about some teams, or at least just one yes. team or different teams. And so that, that'll be our angle because – well, I enjoy the sports and I watch lots of basketball and lots of baseball and I will be watching the Super Bowl. My friend Tony just he, I he really he's care hashtag less. sports ball guy. Like he just he couldn't care less. I I couldn't care less. Even the commercials are not enticing enough to make me want to leave my house. I I was so grateful because I had avoided any invitations to Super Bowl parties. And today, as I was leaving church, I had two people who were like, "Hey, you want to come watch Super Bowl with us?" And I'm like, "Ah." Oh. 
What's the dip uh, situation going to be like at your house? Then, you know, let's... <laughs> we, if it's at my house, we have no dip. I require no dip. I'm not even a French onion guy. I leave that all up to you. That's your I did like how you, how you tweeted at me. You hadn't listened to my episode for From Friday, but you did astutely point out or ask a question. How long did it take you to mention French onion dip in your episode about the Super Bowl? In this episode, we are about five minutes into it before it came up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know that's your thing. I know that's your passion. That's your love language. Uh, it's again, not, even, like, it's not even like it's it's more like I think I it's because we use the term kryptonite, but like kryptonite kills Superman. I guess French onion dip is killing me slow. Uh, enough of it will kill you. Yeah. But it's that thing where it's like it's my it's a temptation. Like I don't want to eat it, but I'm going to go make yeah. it this afternoon. You are powerless to resist. I, I can't it. stop myself. And yeah, I, it's I, like you're un, it's like the urn, the undertaker's urn. Yeah, I've you. passed it on to John Lee. So he also has recognized <laughs> his inability to. Stop I'm trying himself. to think of what my weakness would be. I don't know that I have a French onion dip weakness, but ew, like what would be the thing that I would just find myself compulsively going back to and uh, recognizing that it doesn't even like it's good, but it makes me feel bad. Like, I will feel bad later today because I can't stop. It's like, you know, like it's a dog that eats its own vomit. Like, it doesn't oh, feel wow. good, but but I can't stop myself. You're you're really painting a magical picture here, it Mr. Higa. It is. So, but the Super Bowl is important for you and me, Tony, because it pretty much marks the anniversary of when we actually started down the road of you becoming my best internet friend. It is our friend anniversary. It certainly is, uh, and it was uh, Super Bowl four years ago. Probably, I think it was maybe? yeah four years ago. Yeah, and uh, I remember we were watching. It was when the uh, the Patriots played against the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. And um, you were sort of tweeting, and we were sort of tweeting, and then we tweeted at you, and uh, you responded. I-, I remember it well because I remember kind of thinking at that time having this weird con- con- conceived notion that you were a really big deal in the <laughs> podcast world and i'm That's like oh, clearly well, he's... not the case <laughs> well no as it turns out now that <laughs> now that we've gone pay no attention to the man behind the curtain now that we share uh, stats with each other we recognize we are very very huh. very 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 small fish and we're, we're fish out of water Indeed. Combined, our popularity is not even a blip. Dwindling. But, oh, no. <laughs> so, but we, um, yeah, if, so there was a whole angle, man. I honestly thought, okay, this is like, this is the competition. This is like the yeah. guy that, that I don't, I, I'm supposed to not like him because he's the uh, the other show. And the this is before the day when all of them, that would like all of a sudden they're just popping up everywhere. It's like the Force Awakens. Every kid with a broom has the, the Force. But, you know. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. So it's no, like, so it but, is that weird thing because you never know, especially when engage like it's it's the same for in real life. You just never know if you're going to be simpatico with somebody. Are you going to sure. be on the same wavelength? I mean, we're both nerds, yeah, but, I, there, and, but, and but there's nerds, a but nice guy. yeah, there's nerds, and then there's oh my gosh, this person doesn't know how to interact with humans. Nerd, you know, right? And right. so that's kind of yeah, my we get fear that a lot, a little bit. Yeah, but that's not the case. And I. And I but but see I, I don't know like it was the competitive thing of just like I didn't want you because you you'd been around a couple months more than the, yeah. before we were and I figured you actually knew what you're doing because I knew for sure I didn't know what yeah, I was no, doing not at all and uh, I I just I yeah, know I mean I know now yeah uh, <laughs> none of us still know what we're doing uh, but yeah I think I think I kind of went into it with a little bit of a critical a little bit of a keep your friends close and your enemies closer yeah. I don't know like it was to me it was just like ah eh, this and I don't, guy I don't huh? think I was regularly listening to your show at that point I listened a couple times like oh that's okay but you i think i started listening to every episode i think starting in season two at some point so yeah so basically i think i, I didn't that... like tori i think is really what it comes down to well that's tori not true the... at all <laughs> tori was the only reason that i would have listened uh we we so i remember neff called me and he's like oh my gosh we just got a shout out on the christian nerd and I'm like, okay, all right. I think at that point I'd only listen to you. And I'm gonna be, we're gonna be completely unguarded here. I'd only listen to you up to that point just to like say, <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> not that there was anything wrong, but just yeah. you know, the idea of like, oh well, you know, come on, <laughs> just him, just just two Californians, whatever. What do they just know? Some guys, you know, recording at seven o'clock in the morning like a bunch of noobs. Uh, <laughs> And I remember the first time it was like Ron, Ron offering it. You mentioned it, and you're like, "Hey, I kind of like the show, and you know they got a fun thing going there." And and you you even said like they play games, and it's it's kind of fun. And then Ron, Ron, who was your co-host at that time, Ron uh, Offringa, uh, the high priest Ron Offringa, uh, soon he kind of had this like 
snarky take on it a little bit. He's like, yeah, uh, I listened to it first and I kind of didn't get it. Uh, and then after a while, I kind of figured out their liturgy or something. He said something like super <laughs> spiritual like that. And I'm like, shut up, Ron. Who are you? Who are you? Whatever, He's a Ron. priest. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, and, and I love Ron. I mean, I now yeah, I now that I know Ron, I mean, Ron's like like a complete grade A classy dude. Yeah. But uh, at first I was like, who the, who the crap are these California kids think they so special and stuff like that. But, you know, it was just like, I guess anytime you you, you have a crossover in a comic book, it, it's like we have to fight first, right? And yeah. Then, but we didn't really yeah. fight. I, yeah. I feel like the, the minute that we kind of started having conversations with each other, we got along pretty well. And uh, once we talked in real life beyond just kind of tweeting... Uh, I said, yeah, this guy's this guy's the real deal. I, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy one Mr. Higa. Yeah, I, the ministry stuff. I think definitely. I think that's probably where we've actually connected in real life more. Not all the nerdy stuff, which we love and appreciate, obviously. Yeah, I was at a conference, and it was uh, it was a ministry conference. It was the Right Now Media Conference in Orlando, and like you text me, and it might have been like the first time that you actually text me anything of substance, like a, beyond just kind of like a, a mm-hmm. one or two. Uh, sentence thing and you you, you you text me this long thing and then I kind of text you back this long thing and we began to have a real kind of like serious yeah like industry conversation but it was it was very unguarded and transparent I remember really being appreciative at how easily that I was able to be very unguarded with you and 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 vice versa and I thought man you know what? I, I really think this guy is a guy who kind of gets it a lot of our experiences have been somewhat similar and uh, I don't know I just really thought it was pretty awesome to to have a, a friend like you and uh, very timely and I'm now I do not think of us as being competition I, I really do think of us as being on the same team and oh, yeah part of part of the extension of that is being able to do this where we talk and we both release this show on both of our feeds and nobody gets antsy about who's listening to it where no. because we really are just trying to serve people and reach people and minister to people and and if people are uh, subscribed, it's going to download anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. It is all good. <laughs> all right. We've got, a new, we've got a new segment. It's called Picked Last. With the first pick, with the third pick. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Picked Last. So in picked last, which is a new segment we're bringing to the Christian Nerd God Cat, Christian Nerd. But a familiar cast. theme, if you exactly. <laughs> familiar theme from gym class for many yeah, of us. So exactly. So lots of shows do drafts. I've done a draft before. They're fun to do. You pick a random topic and you draft stuff. But being yeah. is how we're a bunch of nerds. We know what it's like to be picked last. I mean, that's really what yes, we do. It comes down to we know. Ah, oh, I've been picked last, and that's no. Yeah. Fun for everybody. So not it. Not it. So we are actually so Tony and I talked about what well, let's talk about some teams. And so yeah. I've been reading, speaking of nerdy things I've been doing lately that nobody cares about, I've been reading a crap ton of comics, just plowing mm. through Marvel and Luna. I've actually gotten to issues that I own the physical copy of. Like I finally got to X Men Red and I own You're in every- real time now. No, not yet. I'm still about a year oh, and a half yet. behind. But I just I have a year and a half worth of comics that I've purchased but have yet to read. So I'm getting there. All right. Uh, and so I thought, well, let's let's do a draft. And so I love the X-Men. They're my favorite. I've shared that. Tony at least appreciates the X-Men and has a very good working knowledge of them. So we I are go- going to – so we have five rounds. And we'll have five, five rounds. Five rounds. We'll have five different teams of mutants. And then we'll each pick one, and then the rest will be moved off the board. And so by the end of it, we'll each have a team of five mutants slash X-Men. And I'm going to roll my 20-sided die to see who gets to go first. Okay. So pick the first 10 or the second 10, Tony. Do you want the The, first 10 or the second? I'll take the first 10. Okay. Can I roll my 20-sided die, too? Can we just see who rolls higher? Uh, roll yours. Mine. I, I'm, I just I'm, happen I'm on to have bed. it right here. Yeah, roll your twenty-sided die. You pick the. <laughs> you pick the first ten. All right, twenty-sided die. Rolling it up. I have rolled a lucky number thirteen. Okay, so that means I get to choose. I will take the first pick in the draft, and then the next round you'll go and just back and forth. So of the first round of of course. Well, I gotta get. You know, I need to get someone. The first right will be last. Bat. Uh, I'm giving so it to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the first draft, the first round, we are drafting the original X Men. 
Yeah. And so this includes Angel, Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, and Marvel Girl, a.k.a. Jean Grey. And Alicia, or not Alicia, Clara, my daughter, she has a superhero book, and there's a story with the original X-Men in there, and so she likes it. And so it makes me excited. So I am very clearly going to draft... <laughs> Iceman! Iceman! Bobby Drake! No, I will be taking Jean Grey, Marvel Girl, clearly. She is probably top three x-men before like because she sort of died a lot and disappeared so carol danvers sort <laughs> turned of, evil yeah carol danvers sort of slid in for a while but now Jean gray's back i actually finished the phoenix resurrection uh little series last weekend and i'm reading x-men red which is the team that she leads so yeah i love Jean gray she's omega level talent she is also kind of a therapist and she i just like her i think she has a good character and she just wants to help people and she doesn't really know her own power or her strength which is what i kind of like yeah there's a real attractiveness to her character too you kind of feel like well everybody's there's just something about her that everybody falls in love with her and that's not uh necessarily an inappropriate yeah it's not romantic or anything but you're just like everyone just like just people really they see her virtue they see her goodness they see how nurturing she is and uh, yeah, she's just a real, real great, attractive character for me. I I knew that you were going to take Marvel. Girls, if I had so I the first pick, I was gonna. Yeah. If, you, would, if you'd I, had the first pick, would you have taken Jean Grey? Just or would like? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Absolutely good. not, because I I know you, man, and that would, <laughs> that just wouldn't be fair. No, you should have done it. I've been so mad. <laughs> I know, but nobody wants nobody wants to see. Look, look man, we're we're past that. We don't fight each other. We back each other up. We're, we're like we're like. What's danger this room, show man? out of Orlando? They have so many people talking to their microphones all the time. Who are they? That's right, and we take everybody's favorite superheroes. She's ours now. <laughs> uh, we're we're like the the, the Hellfire Club. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna turn her against you. Uh, I'm going with Beast. Oh, which that w- wouldn't have been my favorite choice, but if I'm assembling a team, I think there's a lot of value to Beast. Yeah. So so as much as I and I think I love the original X Men. There, that's every single one of them is a solid pick. Yeah, for one reason or another. But but with Beast, you get the brains and you get blades, claws, and fangs, man. And that's that's a, an important combination. And he's kind of the he's sort of the moral compass a lot of times of the X Men that yeah. he he oh. doesn't. And, and I just I, I just for the life of me want to hear someone casually mention in conversation, "Oh my stars and garters." Oh my stars and garters. Yeah, that a lot of times he. I mean, especially later on, Cyclops kind of goes off the board. Um, and Beast is really kind of the one who brings him, doesn't actually bring him back. He's like, Cyclops goes too far. Like, Beast actually goes from the past and brings back the uh, original X-Men from the past to the present in order to sort of keep things from getting too far off track. Yeah. Good and they're pick. all great. I like, Cyclops has a lot of value. Iceman oh, yeah. is is kind of the fun-loving, whimsical guy. Uh, but but to me, Beast is your solid player. He's your foundational guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty good. All right, now we are going to go with Giant Size X-Men number one, which I think came out in 1975 or 1976, yeah. something like that. It was the first new X-Men story in a long time because I, yeah. I didn't realize that they'd published X-Men for a while, but then they just recycled the stories because they weren't that popular. And so they yeah, they even did that new... through the 80s. There was a lot of the, the, the X-Men books that were just retellings of old stories, yeah. like the Uncanny X-Men and things like that were... Um, but, but yeah, giant size is kind of what I think when people became most aware of the X-Men and yeah. the, of, of maybe our generation, you're, you're talking, this is the lineup that endured for a long time. Yeah. So in uh, that, until the nineties, yeah, until the nineties. Well, well, yeah, Jim Lee and X-Men number one, obviously, yeah. uh, giant size X-Men number one introduced Banshee, Sean, mm-hmm. Sean Cassidy. Yeah. Isn't that, wasn't he in the. No, that's David Cassidy. Sorry. Speaking uh, of Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy in the Sunday Night Uh Banshee, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm. Just heavy, heavy, heavy hitters right there. Yeah. Uh, Sunfire, who yeah. wasn't around very much. Shiro Yoshida. He basically shot fire. Um, Thunderbird. The, so th- this was kind of like, and this was sort of like the Epcot center of X-Men. Because they were bit, yeah. all from... International. You had the Russian, you had the Irish guy, you had the German, the African. uh, Sunfire was Japanese, and then Thunderbird was Native American. Native American. And everyone's favorite tiny adamantium lace Canadian, Wolverine. Who? Wolverine. I don't don't know that one. Patch, Logan, James Howlett. Patch, that's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I remember Patch. That's all you had to do, man. Uh, 
Yeah, gosh, Patch, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so, so I get first round. You get here? first pick on Giant Size okay. X Men number one. So you sent me this list, and you didn't put Wolverine. I know. On the I, list. I I had Storm down there again. So I on my list, I typed in Wolverine. So Wolverine should be. It's I, alphabetical, but I don't. Oh, I just gotcha. forgot to put. Wolverine. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like Wolverine is the obvious choice here. I think so because he's still he's just so bad. He's such a versatile. I mean, he is the best there is at what he does, Bob. Yes. But I chose Nightcrawler. Ah! Did did I take it from you? I kind of might like if that that's the choice right between Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Because in terms of power set, Nightcrawler is super effective. Just, oh, yeah. just oh, teleporting yeah. all over the place. Uh, but also his heart, like his faith, the things mm-hmm. that he's gone through. Yeah, he, he's kind of the... Um, if Beast is kind of the moral compass of the X-Men, I think Nightcrawler has sort of been just the heart for yeah. as long as he's and been he- around. He's he's goodness. He's just a good character, which I, that's a, an interest, interesting juxtaposition because he looks like a demon. I mean, that's the yeah. whole thing, right? But uh, but he's he's always been very good. But but but, dude, who do you want to fight, man? I mean, if, if Wolverine is your guy, because Wolverine's going to kill everybody. But um, but Nightcrawler, he can get you in and out. He's he's just super useful, super useful. Plus, let's say you're late to work. And you don't want to, you know, you're not going to want to sit in traffic. Just bamf yourself there. Just bamf. Bamf. Bamf and you're there. Yeah. And that that scene in the opening of X2. X2. So is, great. Uh, like, you you didn't really understand how totally awesome Nightcrawler could be until you saw him bamfing all over the place and just tearing fools up. So good. So good. And now this this is a tough list to draw from because you have to leave aside Colossus, who is just yeah. amazing. Storm, yeah. who is just amazing. But... uh. Wolverine would have been a close second, and and I I love Wolverine, but I yeah, want Nightcrawler I, I, on my I'm, side. I can't I I can't not have Wolverine be taken. Like there's just no. So I'm gonna take Wolverine because yeah, he really is, have to. It would have been better. I mean, we tried getting Ron to come on and draft with us, but he's got to go to school and read a bunch of books. So if you're out there and you're like, you should have taken it, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You're such a nerd. You won't come on the internet and draft X Men with us. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Wolverine, the best at what, the best at what he does, and what he does is uh, kill and destroy and maim, but and heal and, and heal, heal also. And but he also grew a lot. I think kind of when there was the big schism in the comics where Cyclops kind of went crazy and wanted to train all the X-Men to be soldiers. Wolverine's the one moved who moved to San Francisco, moved to San Francisco. Wolverine's the one who, who started the school again. He started the, uh, the, the Jean Gray, Jean Gray school. school for gifted youngsters uh, because he's like, we can't do this. We can't make all these kids be soldiers. We need to give them the opportunity for real life. So, so Wolverine kind of grew into somebody who carried on Charles Xavier's dream, which is you wouldn't have expected that in, you know, giant size X-Men number one where Cyclops no. is still there and Wolverine's this loose cannon. And then, you know, we get to the the 2000s and Cyclops is basically a mutant terrorist and Wolverine's carrying on the dream. <laughs> you know, and, and Wolverine is sort of the the uh, maybe the Apostle Paul of, of the whole thing. You know, yeah. he's the one that you don't sus- don't suspect is going to be the guy. And there mm-hmm. he is. And you can't disassociate the character of Wolverine from Hugh Jackman. Just perfect. And I can. You can't. I don't even. I, I don't, I don't like I, the X Men movies. I'm just gonna say oh, they're just I'm, unhappy movies. Yeah. Well. I, you can. I'll take you up to X two, and then you can throw in First Class in there. But the rest of them are just dark and miserable and unhappy films. Yeah, but I love them because I love the X Men yeah. are kind of dark and miserable and happy. They're always on the brink of <laughs> extinction. So. And yet, this is the same franchise that brought us Jubilee and Dazzler. Come on, man. Jubilee makes an appearance. She she gets in here. We could we we have the opportunity to pick her. Dazzler was in uh th- whatever the last one was. Yeah, she was just dancing around. Yeah, the Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, but speak of you know dark and unenjoyable, Dark Phoenix was very much that. Speaking of dark and unenjoyable, how about the X Men movie that we haven't seen yet, New Mutants? New Mutants. So yeah, so New Mutants is coming. That's the next team, and these are uh, in. Um, chronological order of when the comics were released so new mutants i think came out in 1982 1983 kind of the first like the next group of students at xavier's school for gifted youngsters we have the tiny Cannon- tunes of the x-men universe yeah basically we have cannonball who can like fly he basically shoots himself like a rocket danny moonstar fire me lad uh fastball special uh danny moonstar her mutant name was psych and i didn't really read the new mutant comics when she was psych i read kind of when she lost her powers 
mm-hmm. she was just Danny Moonstar, and then she got Valkyrie powers, and like she had a bow and arrow. She was now, was awesome. that the one that she had like the there was a bear or something like that? Yeah, I, I, this is all very vague for me yeah. to remember. So there's the demon bear, and that's yeah, that of, was it. And I think that's what the movie actually is based on is oh. that that storyline. Uh, so Danny Moonstar creates psych illusions, karma. Xian Koi Man, she can seize control of another's mind, magic, Ilyana Rasputin, uh, Soul mm-hmm. Sword, uh, the Queen of Hell, basically. Uh, <laughs> Sunspot, Bobby DaCosta can absorb and channel solar power, and Wolf's Bane, excuse me, uh, Rain Sinclair, who's basically a werewolf. Yeah. So you got first pick I on this one. I got first pick on this one. Who's going to Team Higa? Um, I'm going to take... I'm actually going to take Danny Moonstar because are you? Yeah, uh, and either in her powered form or unpowered form. But I really like because there's I think it was after like X Men 500 that she she was leading the team of New Mutants. They were just kind of living in the city, and she still didn't have her powers, but she was still on the team. She was still like everyone still saw her as the leader, even though she was depowered. Um, so I've I've always actually kind of liked Danny Moonstar, which is one thing that makes me. Like, the most recent trailer for the New Mutants movie made me think, okay, maybe this won't be awful. Like, it'll still probably be bad, but I think it showed a little bit more of the powers. It showed magic with her glowing arm and the soul sword, which is kind of cool. So, I'm taking Danny Moonstar. Okay. Uh, th- this was a tough one because I was never a big New Mutants fan, but I liked some of the other offshoot teams like um, X-Terminators. Yeah. And I think Cannonball and Sunspot were both parts of that, so I uh-huh. really liked those characters kind of growing up. Um, Sunspot's really cool. He's got a great power set. And Cannonball's just kind of cool because, you know, he had that Rob Liefeld kind of look with the hair oh, coming yeah, out of the top definitely. of a headpiece and everything like that and goggles and a lot yeah. of superfluous pockets. But uh, tiny, I like Cannonball. He but was you couldn't be my see his tiny you know feet because they were on fire. It was nope. great. They were that was Rob Liefeld's character uh, to draw because he didn't have to draw his never, feet. Never once had to draw the lower half of his body. Uh, but I'm going with magic. I'm going with magic. Yeah, I know. That, that was my choice, too, because she's so cool. I really like magic. Ilyana Rasputin. She's cool. Hey, she's the she's basically she's the Doctor Strange of Limbo. Like she's the Sorcerer kind Supreme of. of Limbo. Yeah, and uh, and she's Colossus's sister. So you know Colossus you're talking potential sister. cameos. Yeah, that's true. You could get Colossus hanging on, and I like that they she's sort of like on the edge between being Dark Child and Magic. That there's just yeah. she sort of like balances and teeters right there a little bit. Between, which is right where you want them. Right yeah, where which is right them. where you want your mutants. Uh, she's either going to be uh, <laughs> a, hero, a hero in the streets, uh, never mind. <laughs> a demon, in, never mind. Uh, yep. But you got two teleporters. Like, that's pretty solid. Is magic to tell? Oh, that's right. Magic, but magic. That, uh, see, that's her I, she's power. a teleporter, but I, I think of her as more like a kind of a time traveler teleporter because yeah. she can kind of go she's through different ages. Yeah, her, her power set's uh, pretty, pretty crazy. So, yeah. magic. Good job. All right. Yeah. Next is X-Force. This was, right. I think, after New Mutants number 100, Rob Liefeld. I think Rob Liefeld kind of drew and told this writer, hey, we should do this story. So Rob Liefeld, from the artist, dictated the story. And then mm-hmm. the writers would create that story. And so, obviously, Rob Liefeld, super, super popular. And then, But that's X- the Marvel way. That was the way that Stan Lee used to do it, too. Yeah. Then X-Force number one came out after that. And this had Boom Boom, Tabitha Smith. She uh, makes bombs. Basically, she just blows stuff up, just man. Blows stuff up. As, it's not not just a clever name, then, nope, huh? That's what she does. Uh, Cable, Nathan Summers, uh, Cyclops, and Jean Grey's son from the future. From the future, really confusing. And then, isn't Strife like a clone of Cable? Uh, there's too many weird little yeah. like family. That like I think all the X Men are eventually going to be just Jean well, Grey. The, and there's Rachel Cyclops Summers too from the future. Yeah. And it comes back. Uh, Domino. Nina Thurman, I think is her name. Feral, Shatterstar, and Warpath. So Feral, she's a cat lady. Shatter- she's basically Wolfsbane, right? Are yeah, but she doesn't turn character? into a human. She's always oh, just okay. a cat. Uh, Shatterstar gotcha. is from the Mojoverse. And he's- <laughs> I can't stand Shadowstar. I cannot stand Shatterstar. <laughs> and he just has swords. Did you ever see... You didn't see Deadpool 2, right? Huh? Did you see Deadpool 2? <laughs> I no. did. Oh, I did. Let's we'll throw, they, we'll, they, we'll throw they, some here. Here's a bunch of spoilers for Deadpool 2. If you haven't seen it, 
But oh my gosh! If, if you haven't seen it, you're probably you probably haven't seen it for moral compass reasons, and yeah. good for you. I watched it, and that whole lead up of getting the team together, then everyone, and then dying they all just die, was so great. <laughs> just die. I love like that. right away, yeah. like they immediately all yeah. die in one scene. <laughs> it was so good in all the worst ways. I know. No, but thank you. Thankfully, they did do that—the PG version of Deadpool, oh, Once Upon they? a Deadpool. Okay. So that was it was that, that's it was, the redemption. It was there. unreal. And how they did Domino's powers in that movie were yeah. was pretty sweet. All right, so you got the first pick. So is it my pick? Yeah. Who, who are you taking? Well, I, I love Boom Boom because again, X Terminators. I love that sort of you know teeny bopper X Men kind of vibe with her and and Cannonball. But dude, you have to you have to go with Domino. Gotta take Domino. Domino's pretty awesome. Domino's awesome, man. And she's she's a great fighter, warrior, but ultimately that probability control just that that's pretty that's pretty next level. Yeah, I, and that's like in Dead, like I was so impressed with how they did how they showed her power. So that's when you're like, what? How, how does somebody have luck? Is it like I think they even say it, like luck's not a superpower. She's like, well, yeah. this is just kind of how it works, and just the way that mm-hmm. it all played out in the movie was really good. Yeah, I like Domino a lot, um, and I probably I don't know if I I probably wouldn't take her. I need. Um, a flyer on my team, so I'm taking Warpath. Ah, that's it. I like James Proudstar. He is strong. He flies. He stabby, stabby things a lot. Stabby, stabby, man. Stabby, stabby <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, so I'm going to take Warpath. And I was just actually watching one of those uh, unhappy dark movies. I was watching uh days of future past last night yeah. and warpath was Th- that one almost that one almost is passable that one that's a passable one too yeah it's good but and i'm like hey hugh warpath. jackman made that good and i'm like hey warpath was in the descendants <laughs> <laughs> was he Adam? yeah he was he uh he played uh jafar's son oh there yeah. you go yeah. all right all right so last synergy team. lemon Last team is from, I think, blue probably team, gold team. blue team, gold team. So I think this, so it's either kind of 1976 uh, or 1975, whenever it came out, Giant Size X-Men, or you're my age, and yeah. like this is it, that X-Men 281, X-Men number one, what was that, 1991, Yeah, biggest comic book of all Jim time. Jim Lee, man. Jim Lee's art basically defined who the X-Men were for a generation. Absolutely. That's what the cartoon was based on. Did I tell of. you I got Jim Lee to sign? I have the three covers that go together yes. as one thing, and I'm, it's signed by I'm Jim gonna Lee. I'm going to come there and steal them from you. Cause okay, cool. <laughs> I'll bring French onion. The combination though. of my safe is one, two, <laughs> three, four, five. It's the same it as on my like, luggage yeah, and my air shield. That sounds like a combination some idiot would have on his matched luggage. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> The fact that my parents let me watch that movie. All right, so um, so yeah, X-Men Blue, it was Cyclops' team that was featured in the X-Men series by Jim Lee, and yeah. the gold team was Storm's team from X-Men 281 and beyond. And so we're not including anybody that was already mentioned right. because they've all gone off into another. But uh, we have Bishop, the time-traveling mutant from the future, we have yes. who can absorb energy, then shoot it back through his gun or his hands. We have Forge, who can make anything. Make anything. Forge is pretty awesome. Forge is one of the most underrated X-Men characters. He's difficult to look at. Yeah. (laughs) He's got, like, mechanical bits and that weird ponytail and the pencil-thin mustache. A mustache and a headband. (laughs) Yeah. I think of the, I always think of the the co- the cover for X Men number two seventy five, which is like my favorite comic ever, because it's all got them in their yellow and blue costumes, and Forge is on there with his giant mechanical leg and his mm-hmm. little headband. It was a fold out cover. It's a sweet cover. Gambit, Remy LeBeau, Thief, kinetically charged cards. Gambit is just so cool. Like he's cool, man. He oozes cool. I, I love Gambit. Jubilation Lee, Jubilee. She can shoot fireworks. <laughs> Yeah. And she got turned into a vampire once, but she's back now. And she has a son. That's great. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Rogue, uh, Anna Marie, your favorite mutant, power-stealing mutant who permanently absorbed the memories and powers of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Bring it full circle. I need to go back and read that. I've never read that storyline where she steals her powers. And Psylocke, Betsy Braddock, who was a telepathic mutant, then she had her conscience transformed into a Japanese assassin. 
Yeah. Captain Britain's sister. Captain Britain's sister. And then Britain's all of a sudden became uh, Olivia Munn. Yeah. And now she's back to not being a Japanese uh, assassin anymore. Is she's she back not? to being her normal self. Well, at least where I'm at in the comics. That was at the end of some like return to Madripoor or something. It was in the, it was in the whole part of Wolverine coming back to life. Madripoor? Yeah. That's where Patch lives. Exactly. So they go there. And they're like, yeah, they, I like I said, I've been reading a lot of comics lately. I, why did they do the shadows over his eyes whenever he was in Madripoor? I just never understood I that. Know. It was the Shadow King hanging out. Yeah, I gotta go back. I gotta look at my so, team. This is my last pick, and I got first pick. Yeah, Psylocke is uh, Psylocke is uh, AKA complete fan service. Yes, totally. Yeah, well, her costume is made of ribbons. <laughs> it's like Bayonetta in a comic. That's right. right. Purple hair. Um, you know what? I, uh, I need somebody who shoots. Just remember, I let you. I let you have Jean Grey. I know. I need somebody who shoots stuff. Then you need Bishop. Yeah, I'm going to take Bishop. Yeah, Bishop. Bishop is a hard one to not take. Yeah, and I remember he, I think X-Men 282 was his first appearance, and he shows up at the end, and like, there's some dude with green hair that he's mad at. I am partial to Bald Bishop, but I'm okay with Dreadlock Bishop, too. Dreadlock Bishop. Bishop's in uh, Days of Future Past. So yeah, I I need need somebody who shoots stuff. I don't have anybody who shoots stuff. I have Warpath who's stabby-stabby. I have Wolverine who's stabby-stabby. So yeah, I I need a shoot stuff person. So I went with Bishop. I'm going to go with Rogue. Because Rogue can do all the things. Rogue can do all the things. Rogue can, she can shoot stuff. She can fly. She's nigh invulnerable. And I've always liked Rogue. She's, she's cool. one of my favorites. Now, she's had some hairstyles that I found less than uh, appealing. Well, I'm going gray. I hope to go gray like Rogue. So I just have like a like a little patch of I always, gray hair. I always wanted to go gray like Reed Richards. With just, just the, the little sides. the tufts on the side. But then the Lord decided to pull this joke on me where that's the only place I have hair now. So <laughs> you kind of got what you wished for, but should have been more specific. Like, ah, ah, follicle monkey paw. All right, Tony, your team. You have Beast, Nightcrawler, Magic, Domino, and Rogue. And your team, you have Jean Grey, Wolverine, Danny Moonstar, Warpath, and Bishop. Nice. Those are, those are, those are solid teams. Yeah. And that's the thing with X-Men. Like, we could have probably three or four pretty solid teams yeah. where you're like, like, the weak link on mine is Danny Moonstar, but I just like her. I don't know. I should have taken Sunspot or <laughs> Magic or something. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's the thing. Every X-Men team always has that one, like, kind of, you know, weak guy. Like, even in the first run, it's like, Angel. Um, okay. Yeah, but then, mean, he get, can... but then he gets murderer, murdering Angel metal wings and he's way more awesome like shoots razors out <laughs> yeah. of his wings like thanks apocalypse uh, archangel yeah, is no. so cool how is but archangel so-, so cool but also pink and blue that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i always imagine how did apocalypse like make neon. the angel of death blue and pink yeah you know apocalypse is a, is a man with a certain aesthetic <laughs> he also has a giant a on his belt just in case <laughs> just in case you didn't know just in case you forgot who i am let this giant <laughs> a framing my nether regions remind you who i am i want you to look at it and go a <laughs> yeah uh apocalypse uh, i this is uh, and to me so many of the x-men villains especially when you got into the more fantastical X-Men villains, were a little on the ridiculous side. Like, I look at Apocalypse, and I look at uh, Mojo, and I look at uh, Mr. Sinister, and I'm like, who designed you guys, really? Like, wh- where was who were the ad wizards that came up with this one? Well, Mr. Sinister just took all the ribbons that were on Psylocke's costume and he sprouted them <laughs> out of his massive shoulder pads. It's like somebody get this man one cohesive cape. Like I feel like I should drive my car through it and ask for the wax treatment. I don't know what's well, going on. I was Mr. Sinister is better. Later on she becomes Miss Sinister and her costume would make the White Queen blush. So Oh no. The <laughs> yeah. White Queen who wears really nothing. I mean yeah. she's like like Dazzler was co- was created as a tie-in marketing product with uh CBS Records. Uh, that they were going to do like a disco album and say, look, it's Dazzler from the comic books. Uh, I'm pretty sure the White Queen was done with like a Fredericks of Hollywood yeah, tie in seems, there. Seems appropriate or inappropriate. That's probably what I meant oh, to say. You know, 
Depends on what version of, of Deadpool you watch. All right, let us know uh, who you would have picked, and we would love to know that. And so yeah, that's our team. So that's our that's our football tie-in. We drafted teams, and teams will be throwing around the football, trying to score more points than the other, so they can go to Disney World. S- and be champions. So real quick, comparing the two, which of our teams would win in a football game? Um you you can you have all the teleporters. <laughs> That's right. And I got Beast. So yeah. you, he's got hands, man. He can catch the ball. Uh Wolverine yeah, no. goes to try to catch the ball and his claws deflate it. He's the Tom Brady of your team. Yeah, no. They just hand it to Nightcrawler and he bamps into the end zone. Bamp. Bamp. What are you gonna do? That, you gonna do? Put him on defense. Bamp. Oh, I intercepted that. That's it's, right. Yeah, East Coast X Men win the Super Bowl. Gene could just make everybody fall asleep. That's true. <laughs> sleep. Okay. Hey, nobody's playing defense. It's great. <laughs> All right. Let's have a little. And the halftime show is Dazzler. <laughs> Bible study. Bible study. All right, today in Bible study, since we're talking about teams and being on a team, we thought we'd look at 1 Corinthians 12, which is all about the body of Christ being a team. And starting verse 12, uh, it says, Just as the body, though, one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we all baptize by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. I love this next part of this passage. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to a body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason not or stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, which just makes me laugh. Where would it's like Mike Wazowski in the Bible? Mike Wazowski. <laughs> if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that we that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This would be a great passage of scripture to play Mad Libs to. Where it's just like if you shuffled <laughs> up all the body parts to see where it lands. It's know. like Twister for the Bible. <laughs> it's what it is. It's exactly like left hand blue. And it's, ah, oh, there it is. So I, we have our normal questions. So let's just go through those. those <laughs> that keeps us on track. Sure. How does this passage encourage you, Tony? I, you know, I think that this should be encouraging to everybody because it's so broadly appealing but it should be you know we played the game you know we talked about picking last for the people that get picked last and for the people that know what it's like to feel overlooked or feel unimportant Mm. or marginalized somehow with their talent or their gifting or their status to read this is extremely validating to read this and and have this uh spoken to you man as as the the spirit kind of reveals it and makes it come alive in your heart Uh, it's so wonderful to feel like no matter who I am, I might not be the most eloquent or I might not be the most attractive or the most gifted or have the access to the most resources. I might not be anybody special at all, but God made me that way and God has a place for me in his body. God has a place for me in his church. Uh, To me, I think that's so wonderfully inclusive because, well, I mean, it really is like it's the X-Men of Bible verses. It's like, you know, whatever the thing is that makes you weird, We've got a place for you here at the mm. Xavier School. You know, whatever the thing is that makes you uh, unusual or uncanny, uh, we have a place for you in the body of Christ. And it's so true uh, because, you know, we've been we've been talking in our church about spiritual gifts and uh, using those things, serving, volunteering, connecting, and things like that. And it's just there's so many people that they say, well, I can't. 
I don't have the ability to, and because they only see the surface level things. They think, well, I can't preach, or I can't sing on the praise team, or I can't do like the technical things. Mm-hmm. Like, but you can do something. Let's find your thing that you can do. And it might be, you know, I got claws that pop out of my hands. It might be I can fly. It might be I can bam for it. You know, it it just might be something. Even you know, you might just be able to make fireworks and you might be a morlock for all you know (laughs) (laughs) but we but you've got a gift and and you have a place and that's so vital to the church that's so vital to the family of god is that no matter who you are and no matter all the, the thousands of reasons you might feel disqualified or the excuses that you might have there's one reason that that empowers you and that ennobles you and it's a god made you and he put you in this body on purpose for a reason yeah I just think, you know, especially when you're younger, just young in ministry and trying to figure out, like, what what can I do? What part yeah. do I play? What role can I fill? And just trying to, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's just encouraging to say, like, you know, like we all we all have a spot. And not, yeah. and not just, I mean, like, you've tied this with Ephesians 2, where it's like, you know, God's prepared us in advance. Like, he knows what yeah. he wants us to do. Like, he's created us specifically for that. Like, there's nothing, like, there's something that only we can do. There's something in this world yes. that only we can do for God's kingdom. Like it, it may not be, it may just like, it may be moving chairs, but you're the person moving chairs in that exact moment at that exact time. And I move plenty of chairs in my ministry life, you know? And so like, that's, that's the only, like, that's like, that's your job. Like God has ordained this moment. Kind of like Esther, like for such a time as this, and this time might just be moving chairs, but gosh, dang it. You're moving those chairs for God's glory in his kingdom. And so like just that feeling that he created us for it, like he's preparing us for it and he's laid out that work for us. And we just need to like, embrace it and step into and trust that you know the holy spirit really is empowering us with gifts to to use for for god's glory in his kingdom absolutely this is such a stupid thing but the theme song from jurassic park comes into my mind Uh, i listened to that soundtrack when that movie came out back in 93 over and over and over again on on cd and there's a a, a, one of my favorite tracks on there is journey to the island no no what's what's a cd CD is uh, it's like an MP3, but you can uh, but it's but you can use it as a mirror, and if you if you have a you know something in your teeth, um, no, you can also put them in a microwave so and they like crack and like they become cool coasters. Do they really? Yeah, I, I haven't oh, thought about that. Like getting all my old CDs, like putting them on like a little spindle, and they just like those are our coasters. I'm like, oh look, yeah. Bush, sixteen stone, what a great coaster. We used to do a thing in the youth group, complete tangent moment, where every time we'd have a new kid come in, we would give them a CD, and they could write their name or draw a picture on it, and we would hang it on a wall. So we had a whole wall that was filled with CDs. So to get more CDs, we would ask the people, this is going to super date myself, we would ask the people in the church, when you get those AOL free demo CDs in the mail... Can you just bring them in and donate them to the youth group? Wow. And we would just use the backside of the uh, free AOL, you know, 90 free minutes of internet because 90s so (laughs) i don't know if that's stupid it probably isn't you were talking about cds though yeah so oh jurassic park song jurassic park i'm with you man i didn't i didn't lose my place i I lost my place sorry uh in this in this song journey to the island there's this one little part where there's this nice like resolve and there's just this like it's somebody playing the tambourine or something (laughs) like that but it's just like these three little notes like ting 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 Ting, ting, ting. Like, it's so stupid. You're thinking this big symphony orchestra being directed by John Williams with all these amazing, you know, violinists and cellists and French horn players and all these people that really have these instruments. And one guy sitting in the back just doing that ting, 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 ting on a tambourine or yeah. some such, right? Like, it's a stupid instrument and he's doing it. But you know what? He's part of that orchestra. Yeah. And that part of that song sticks out to me. And it matters. It matters that he does it. I look forward to that part of the song. Yeah. And and the the word the word that's in in verse uh, eighteen it says God arranged the members in the body each one of them as He chose the word that that's in there that word for chose it, it actually it's it's richer than that it goes to as He pleases and takes delight in mm-hmm. it's like God put you not only He didn't just say oh well we'll find a place for you like I guess I have to choose some place for you like God found a place that makes Him happy. That you're there. You're he's happy that you're the one opening the door in your church on Sunday. He's happy that you're the one sweeping up or wiping the counters down or serving in a cafe. He's happy that you're the one that's just making phone calls or just praying for somebody or, or anything like that. What you're doing, the role that you have based on the gifting and the opportunities that you have, makes God happy. And that's awesome to me. Yeah. That that's also the convicting part of this passage for me. 
because as upfront leaders like you and I are, it's easy to think like, oh my goodness, like this, like this sermon that I'm preaching, it is so important. It is so like, like, especially in my, you know, very Baptistic tradition, like we've built our liturgy, like the sermon is the thing, like, man, like these 30 minutes, like this is going to change, like this is like, I'm it in this moment on this weekend. Like it is about me and these words that God's given me and I'm his tool. (laughs) I'm his mouthpiece. I'm freaking Aaron. Like, yeah, let's get it. And then speaking for the creator of the universe. Exactly. And then. This verse, this passage, where like, hey, dummy, you're not. Shut up. Like, you know, like that's the that's the <laughs> convicting part is that, like, I can't if I'm the mouth, then I can't be like, well, the whole body should just be a mouth. Like, well, no, because people don't just come to Christ or, you know, want to give him glory because of somebody talking. I mean, it's probably more yeah. like hands and feet. It's people showing love, not just talking about love. It's people doing something. And, and the opportunity I even have to be up and, and give a sermon, it's like, well, what about the people doing all the sound? What about the people who are, you know, passing out bulletin? Like, they're just so much, just so convicting. Like, you know what? You're not that important. I think, like, the, I, the danger is like, oh, I'm not that important. But then the, you know, opposite is like, oh, look how important I am. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I think of uh, like Acts chapter six when it's uh, you have the the disciples and they're like, "Hey, there's too much for us to do here. We got to really stay focused in the word and, and and studying and praying and things like that." So we need some people to help us to kind of serve food, wait tables, do those kind of things. So they they picked people that were anointed and filled with power and, yeah. and the Holy Spirit to do these things. Like Stephen, who was the first martyr, yeah. was one of these guys that was waiting tables and uh-huh. was serving food. It was not like the, they never framed it as we that's not important or that's not good enough for us. They just said it's that's not what we do. We need somebody who that is the thing that they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we the, the Bible is a really good, does a really good job of not diminishing anybody's roles. I yeah. mean, even the women who discovered Jesus' resurrection, I mean, they were just going there to, you know, treat the body and, like, you know, throw some spices on them or something like that, right? Like, you know, the, the things that you would think And then of, they got not, to be the first evangelists. And like, they got Jesus to be the first alive. ones. Yeah, it's like that. It's how, it's like that's not a, that's not the job you would sign up for. Like, oh, can, can I be the one that goes and, you know, throw some, some fragrances <laughs> on the, the dead guy? But they they got to be part of something awesome, and I think that's that's convicting to me because I don't ever I'm just like you I don't ever want to think too highly of the things that I get to do to the point where I overlook the importance of the things that I don't do. Yeah. Uh, like hey, it doesn't matter how good your message is. How's that kid that's sitting in the sound booth right there? Your message is going to be garbage if he doesn't know how to turn your microphone on, right? That hits a little too close to home. Just kidding. <laughs> no, we we got we got a new sound guy. He's great. Uh, but it hit, probably did hit a little too close home before. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah, it's just yeah, it's so and, and like you said, just with the with the disciples and the waiting on tables and stuff. And you think about it, when we talk about you know the Acts two church, we don't talk about the great sermons that Peter was preaching. We talk about the community. We talk about how people were serving each other. And Going so the, from house to house, the thing that bread. defined them were these men serving others and making sure everybody was taken care of. And so it just it just it flips it on its head. And it's just always so like, you know, I've wrestled a lot of my life, especially when I was younger, of like thinking I was better or more important than I am. I've sort of a, God's grown that out of me by his grace. But I still remember there's always those. 19 year old Scott moments thinking I knew everything about ministry and how awesome I was. <laughs> uh, and that just wasn't the case in, in ver- passages like this and conversations like this, just continue to remind me of that reality yeah, that absolutely. I'm not, I'm not better than anybody else. In fact, I'm like, I, I'm the chief of sinners, you know, like just how can I humble myself and not think I'm that great, which yeah. is, so but you know important. what, even, even 19 year old Scott though, who still had a long way to go, still had a place to be. He still had a part to play because just because you haven't grown into the person that you're going to be, doesn't mean that God can't use you right now, right as you are. I mean, the, 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 this chapter says in verse 23, it's like those parts of the body that we think of as less honorable, uh, we bestow the greater honor. Unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. That word for unpresentable is basically your, your naughty Junk. bits. I mean, it's. It's it's the less presentable the the word there yeah. means dishonored and and the other part means deformed. It's like you are deformed <laughs> and you are ugly. You know, it's like it's your it's the parts that like ooh don't look at that. That's that's well that's not definitely becoming. how I acted when I was nineteen. So that makes a lot but, of sense. But just because you act like it, but that's the part that we cover. That's the part that we protect. Look, if I'm if I'm kicking you, if I go to kick you in the arm, you're gonna be like, hey. If I go to kick you in your deformed and and, and dishonorable parts, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, oh, you're yeah. gonna 
Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that's also, I think that's uh, like, that's the, how, how can we offer encouragement to people? Because I look at my 19 year old self and I was a punk and you're right. I had a part to play, but I was only able to play that part because I had leaders in my life who knew how to kind of like control that energy. Kind of like the Hulk. Like, I don't know if I can like control it, but I think I can direct it, you know, like, and so I had leaders. My youth <laughs> pastor was somebody who sort of set me in the right path, knowing that I would screw yeah. some stuff up and hurt some people's feelings and do things I shouldn't do. But because he sort of guided me in the right direction, I was actually able to produce something yeah. of value. Um, and so as we well, look that's at this, the Charles talk- Xavier factor, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you got Cyclops who can't even open his eyes without destroying the building he's in. But you just got to give him focus. You got to clarify yeah. his vision so that he can, you know, be be powerful. The same thing that makes him a menace is the thing that makes him powerful. The only thing is is focus and discipline yeah. and maturity. And so, and that's the that is the story of the X Men. Yeah, we need those people. And like, and so you know, moving on to how do you how would you encourage people with this patch? Is listening? I would say, you if if you're in any amount of leadership or influence, like you have to help people, like use their gifts and find out how to how to make the most of them because if you're if there's just a 19 year old punk kid he's not gonna be able to figure it out on his own but if there's somebody to guide him and mentor him lead her direct her then who knows what god can do with that so i think we both absolutely feel that burden having done youth ministry for as long as we have or as long Mm -hmm. as we did um because that like that's the greatest thing it's like i get to help you know guide and direct this young life to actually do something of value in this world and, and encourage them and correct them when needed, but mostly just say, Hey, like you can do this. Like this is something you, God has gifted you to make it a tremendous impact for his kingdom on this world. Like you can do it. And just when you, I know you've experienced like when students get that and think like that, what? Like I can do that. Like I can yeah. lead other students. I can make it, I can lead worship. I can give a talk. I can lead us. Like I can do that. Heck yeah. You can't like, let's go. Let's yeah. do it. Like there's yep. nothing better. Nothing better. And you know what? If you are that young person, then, then realize, and you, there's no way you can fully, fully realize because you don't have the experience maybe to realize that you're not all that just yet. But, Surround yourself with people that are better than you. And I don't think that that even stops when you're done being a 19-year-old punk kid. There's always somebody who you can learn from, always somebody who you can absorb from, always somebody who can help to focus you and give you better tools and give you better training and give you uh, better clarity in your mission. Somebody who's maybe a little further down the road but who wants to show you, who wants to mentor you. Every Timothy needs a Paul. Everybody, you know, we we need somebody that can unlock the best in us uh, and and help us to really fulfill what God is calling us to do in our lives. We need that. So seek that out, find that because uh if you don't, you're going to end up on the wrong team. Yeah. And if you, you know, just further encourage like if you're kind of, you know, if you're on the other end like I don't know if I've got any, like I don't have anything to give like yeah, you absolutely have something to give like like serve, absolutely. do something. I mean, just I think I, I've shared it before, but I think if you go to spiritualgiftstest.com, like it's an actual website. I was website, about to say that. It's yeah, run by can, a guy that, that I know. Like the guy, oh, I really? know the guy who created it. Yeah. So he loves oh. Jesus. Like that is a legitimate website to go to and it is a worthwhile test. So it's, uh, you know, like you, if you Google spiritual gifts tests on like, what are you going to end up with? Like you'll end up at spiritualgiftstest.com. And I know the guy, Jeff, who created it. He loves Jesus. He will not steer you wrong. <clears throat> is your mutant power dropping names? No. Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. The only name I drop is yours, Tony. Thank you. And it resonates. Mine mine is one worth dropping. It resonates across the internet. (laughs) Uh, So do that, like, figure out your gifts, and then, no joke, just go to somebody at church, go to a pastor, go to them, like, hey, like, I want to do stuff. And they will, you know, if it's a healthy, good church, they'll be more than happy to find someplace for you to serve. And here's the thing. Sometimes they might not be quick about it, but be persistent. Don't make it their fault if they don't find a place for you. It's still your fault. You've got to be the one who takes the responsibility. And they might say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Or, oh, yeah, well, we'll see. Or they might give you things to just don't give up. Find your spot. Find your spot. Find your spot and do something. Uh, Start with prayer. Everybody has a measure of faith, the Bible says, so you can get on your knees. You can pray. You can believe. Load up on the word. And then find an outlet for it. Find an outlet for it. I mean, uh, you, you've got something that only you can do in all the 7 billion people on the planet. It's your job to do. So step up and do it. And I want to encourage you. Uh, you. You just don't know what you're capable of with the Lord's help. And you might be the least of these, 
But man, look at your Bible. God has a, a ridiculous tendency of deliberately choosing the least of these. He chose us. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not sure about I'm not sure about you. <laughs> oh, I'm not the least of these things, Tony. That's really nice. Yeah, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> and wait a minute, what? <laughs> and very practical advice, like, and if at first you don't succeed, like if you serve someplace and it's not a good fit, find something else. Like, you know, yeah. there's lots of opportunities. Like, if you hate kids, don't serve in a kids ministry. That's not your place. <laughs> Just don't do it. Like that, yeah, you know, that's number it's not one. Gonna work. They're, they're, they're not going. It's not like some immersion therapy thing. I yeah. promise you. If you have a tremendous, <laughs> they, they don't get better. If you have a tremendous amount of patience and bad smells don't bother you, you are set for junior high ministry. Like it is. You are, that is your wheelhouse right there. Yeah. Good patience. Don't yeah. mind smells. Junior high ministry. Yeah. There's a place for you. So find it. Find it. Find. Choose your destiny. Choose your own adventure. That God has laid out for you since he's sovereign and stuff, you know. Yeah. It's not really your adventure. Hey, that's it for this episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. Oh, dear God. So we're going to go uh, watch the Super Bowl now. So make your prediction before the game has started. It's the uh, 49ers and the who? The Chiefs? Kansas City Chiefs. I will say I think the 49ers will, win, will probably, I don't know. Pat Mahomes is really good. Um, the quarterback for Kansas City. Oh. He's really good. I'll say... Uh, Kansas City, 34, San Francisco, 28. Oh, we're going to pick scores and everything like that? Okay, so I'm going to do that too, but I just need you to know that I have zero expertise on this. I'm just spitballing here. I'm going to say Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 24, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers, 21. Yeah, put your name on it. Yeah, baby. We'll see. Is it even possible to score those numbers in, yeah, it's, in, in football? It's, it's, yeah, it's always possible to score yeah, numbers. Yeah, three, three, three touchdowns in a field goal you could miss extra points you get two point conversion throw a safety in there for two points lots of options i'm sorry i just i just nodded off there what okay so (laughs) i'm just uh, this this will be that you won't enjoy this but people out there listening will enjoy this i have a friend who sometimes places some bets on sporting events and unsavory unsavory i know he's casting his lots anyway so he had placed there's things called prop bets just like random stuff you can bet on in any sort of game and he bet that the first score in the super bowl a couple years ago would be a safety that's where you know there's lots of ways for a safety to happen so it get tackled in the end zone you get tackled in the end zone the ball goes out of the back in the end zone so he's like i think i just won a bunch of money like he bet, I don't know, like maybe thirty or forty dollars on this thing. He ended up winning like eighteen hundred dollars. Some real that's some Nathan Detroit level stuff right there, man. Yeah. So we do not condone any sort of uh, illegal gambling, though. Now it's probably all legal since sports betting's legal in the United States. So hey, just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's profitable. Hey, you know. I prefer to lean on the everything is permissible part of that passage and forget what comes <laughs> You're after. Such it. a good Corinthian. <laughs> yeah. Fine, Corinthian leather. Only a fool bucks the tiger. The odds are all in the house. Hey, Tony, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, my golly. They can find me on the internet, Scott. You can find me on Twitter. I like to hang out there at It's Me, Tony T. You can follow the Nerd of Godcast at Nerd of Godcast across all the social medias. And you can hang out with us on our Facebook small group, the Nerd of God Squad. Just send us a little invite request and we'll let you in because we're pretty indiscriminate. Scotty, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Scott Higa on Twitter at Christian underscore nerd. You can <coughs> keep the conversation going and join the octagon. Uh, we are more discriminating in that in that you just have to send me an email, <laughs> uh, Scott at the Christian nerd.com and you'll get added to that. And uh, there are fewer memes in the octagon than there are in the Nog squad group, <clears throat> but that's okay. So, you know, I, I don't know how, after all these years of our friendship, I guess four years today, uh, that I have resisted joining the Octagon. I've just thought it was like, you know what? I'm too cool. Not too cool, but just like, I'll let Scott do his thing. I don't need to be in there. That's how I, I just I've, don't. I don't. I just, it's really, the truth is, I don't understand Slack, and I'm too old to try to take on one more form of media. It's pretty nice. Kyle Monroe, he's in there. He was at his winter retreat this weekend, and there was snow. Another so name drop. Look at you. He, he posted pictures. You're so there. fancy. You and you and your highfalutin <clears throat> Rolodex. Totally highfalutin. Uh, we talk about the weather a lot, actually, in the octagon. Oh, Neff inspired everybody. Was posting baby pictures of themselves from your last episode with baby pictures. Yeah. That was pretty good. 
So, oh, Neff posted some winners of himself as a baby. Oh my yeah. goodness, I'm looking at them now. Oh, really? All right. Well, I'm sorry that I've lost your attention span. Hey, one last thing before we go. Okay. Just a little redemptive moment. Uh, I was looking at all these kind of X-Men rosters over the years, and one thing I've noticed about the X-Men, if you're an X-Men villain, give it time. Chances are you're going to end up on the team <laughs> at some point. Right? It's like you know, everybody that's like, I'm like, Sabretooth is now an active X-Men? That's weird. Yeah, right? he, you was, know, he like, was on X-Force for a while. I mean, a lot of times they end up on the kill team, which you know makes sense for someone like Sabretooth or Lady Deathstrike. But I think even Apocalypse is on a team right now it's so weird i think it's in the the new excalibur run i think he's there so one last bonus feature if you were going to add a villain to your x-men team that you have chosen what villain would you pick to to draft to the team um you go first i'll let you have first shot at it oh geez i, I don't know this just kind of came off the top of my head i don't have an answer <laughs> uh, again things we don't but, like about podcasts i don't know just pick something it doesn't matter i'm not prepared well no so here's the deal you can let us know who what villain what you would villain pick you would on pick. our social medias and that's where the conversation will continue it will hey thanks for doing this tony it's been too long hopefully we can be a little more regular with it because i love talking to you on the internet I enjoy talking to you as well. Enjoy your onion dip and your sports ball tonight, sir. I will. Until then, goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Scotty. Goodbye, Internet.